Welcome to Lillipod episode 95, Love Beyond Fear, with Kelly and Boyd Curtis. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome to LilyTube if you're watching on our YouTube channel and to LilyPod if you're listening on our podcast. We have special guests today. Uh, we have Kelly and Boyd Curtis with us. And I just wanted to read something that I posted back in, what, did you get married in June? Yes. Okay, June, June of 2022. Yes. Okay, June 12th. Is that right? Yep. Yes. June 12th. A huge congratulations to Kelly Robertson and her husband, Boyd Curtis, on their recent wedding, June 12th of 2022. They have been through some ups and downs in their relationship, including some fear triggers and hard conversations, like Jeff and I describe in our own love story in Intentional Courtship. When Kelly told me they were getting married a few days after one of those harder conversations, I asked her what changed, and this is what she said. When you recognize and put fear in its place and focus on faith, miracles happen. It's one of my favorite quotes ever. <laughs> yes, and those are Kelly's words. Yes. Yep, that came straight from a text. Kelly also <clears throat> expressed, thank you for writing your book, Intentional Courtship. Even though I have not yet read it, just seeing it next to my bed, just reading that title has blessed my life immensely. I intentionally choose not to live in fear. I love that word, intentionally, intention, intentional. Your work with the book and in Lily has been instrumental in my approach and attitude shifts towards dating. And I just want to tell our listeners and viewers that you can access intentional courtship and it's powerful magic <laughs> and put it on your nightstand um you can find it at amazon.com so welcome kelly and boyd you've been married a few months now and um we would love to hear actually kind of go back to how you met and your love story um, and, and very quickly before that just tell us how long each of you were single and then we'll yes I was single for quite a while. I had actually a, a seven year separation and then eight years of uh, divorce. So, okay, so about 15 years. Quite a while. And oh, how wow. about you, Kelly? Um, I had a two year separation and then 10 months after my divorce finalized, I got to marry Boyd. So it was okay. almost, almost three years. Three, three years ish. All right. Okay. That's interesting. Well, yeah, let's hear your love story and how you met and all of that. Well, we had a mutual acquaintance. And so we we met, you know, about a year and a half ago or something mm -hmm. like that. 
And uh, we just kept uh, running into each other at different events. And I kind of was a little protective of Kelly. <laughs> I tried to steer her in the right directions and actually push some guys out of her way in some areas. <laughs> I actually went up to a guy that was dancing with her at one dance. I really wanted to dance with her. And I stood right there until he... And I said, I'm cutting in. This is the last <laughs> dance. And I was promised the last slow dance. So you have to let me dance with Kelly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is my dance. Yeah. I did. Um, so the first time I met him, he opened his door. And um, I was going to show up and play some games and stuff um, and hang out at his house with one of his roommates. And um he invited me to, you know, play games and, and just interact. And so when Boyd opened the door, you know, they talk about love at first sight and I, you know, is there love at first sight or not? But it wasn't like love. It was, it wasn't like a crush. It was like a connection, like a strong connection. When I saw his eyes, I looked into his blue eyes and I just, I felt like he had a good spirit, like a kind, genuine, honest, good spirit. And so, um, watching him interact with his children that evening, playing games with his kids and at a couple more other occasions, you know, within that month. Um, I was just very impressed with the, the man that he was. It, it shone through very well that he was a, a good, kind um, father. And then I had heard a little bit about kind of his seven year separation. And I thought, what kind of a man is, holds on for that long? You know, I thought he must have some serious commitment, dedication to marriage. Um, so um, I, I think I had to date a few people um, to, you know, when you go down the wrong road enough times, you finally recognize what the right road is. And so um, starting in uh, November last year, he started asking me out and um, I said, no, for a variety of reasons. So I think he asked me about six, six times he asked me out and I said, no. And on the seventh time. Um, that is super persistent, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't persistent in like a Pushy. stalkerish, yeah. demanding kind of a way. It was, you know, would you like to go bike riding? You know, and I'm busy. And then would you like to go skiing? You know, maybe a few weeks or a month later. And I said, I'm, you know, I'm dating someone. So then I didn't hear from him for a few months. Then we saw each other at a dance again. And, um, and then, you know, it's, do you want to go to a party? And I was like, oh, I'm busy. And um, I had told him actually in April, I said, I've sworn off dating in January. I'm done dating. I said, um, I had some very specific counsel and a blessing that I received, a priesthood blessing, um, that I was to leave the matter of whom to marry in the Lord's lap. And I was to go on with my education and my career and I was to trust the Lord's timing. And I kind of battled with that. Okay, so I'm leaving this to the Lord. But does that mean I don't go to singles events? Does that mean I sit home alone every weekend when my kids are with their dad? What does that mean? And I determined that I had to have a social life. I determined that I needed to make friends, guy friends, girlfriends. I needed to be out. I couldn't sit at home hoping, you know, that someone's going to just knock on my door. But the last few months, I literally prayed and said, God, I... I don't want to date anymore. I'm done. I'm fed up in the dating world. I'm trying to follow up what my blessing has told me to do. Very specific counsel. Please just send me a guy to marry. 
please just send me a guy to marry. And it wasn't until we'd been married for a few weeks that I told him that. And I was like, oh my gosh, Heavenly Father literally answered that prayer. And I called my sisters and they were like, Kelly, you were, you've been saying that to us for months. And it happened. And I, I didn't really realize as it was happening, very short courtship, very short engagement. Um, After knowing each other for what, like a year kind of in Passing. So we, we knew each other for a year and a half. We bumped into, into each other at singles dances and different things. Um, but by the time I said yes to his seventh attempt to ask me out, yeah. um, we went on three dates, got engaged and were married two weeks later. Yes. And that's why I was like, what wait, happened? what? <laughs> <laughs> When we posted it on Facebook, I posted that I was in a relationship. Six hours later, I said, I'm engaged. Well, I, yeah. Four hours later, I said I was engaged to him. I was like, wait, you're not just in a relationship. We're engaged. I, and then, um, was and then it six days later, six we days said later, married. married. And everyone just, they were in shock. I think he had 400 and some likes, hearts, you know, and 117 comments and he's like, I've never gotten anything like this. And everyone was like, is this April Fool's? Are you joking? Why weren't we invited? What just happened? You weren't even dating anyone. And so people were pretty shocked. Well, we and he's been single were... a long time. Yeah. So yeah. it came out of nowhere for everyone and kind of you a little bit. Yeah. We were yeah. talking one day on the phone before we got engaged. And, I, and she's like, well, if you could do, what would you do? What'd you say? We had just seen Top Gun. That was our second date. Top Gun okay. Maverick. And you know, when Tom Cruise walks in and he's, he's holding up the manual and he throws it in the trash. I said, if you could just get rid of the manual, if you could just forget what anyone and everyone is thinking or saying, what would you do? And he said, I would marry you tomorrow. tomorrow. And that was Wednesday morning. It was June 3rd. And we had scheduled after the Maverick Top Gun movie, we had scheduled to go to Temple Ceilings at the Provo City Center Temple. So we um, talked on the phone that morning and that was our conversation. And what I had said to him was, I was feeling like I was overwhelmed, run down, just, I was at my wits end. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was having physical health problems. I was on unemployment. Um, all right. I mean, I stopped working for a couple months and I was having health issues where I couldn't work. And um, I was feeling like, kind of like the pioneer when they were about to cross the plains, how I imagined they would feel. And the thought that morning as we talked, the morning that we went to do temple ceilings was some of the people wanted to wait till they got to Zion and they could be sealed in the temple for time and all eternity. And some of them got married before the journey because they needed that strength to cross the plains together. And I just cried that morning and talked to them on the phone and said, I feel like if we know this is right, that getting married immediately is, um, it would be something that would bless us. And then we can plan the reception and then we can work on, you know, the ceiling cancellations and plan the whole thing. But he lived in Orem and I didn't want to commute and he didn't want to commute. And I just felt kind of run down and tired and like- Two hours to see each other. <laughs> And so 
Okay, so so where were both of you? You you mentioned two hours, but where were you both living at the time? He was in Orem, I was in Ogden, so an hour there and an hour back. Yeah, you know, we had the same kind of commute when we were dating, late Mm -hmm. into Orem, so it's tough. Similar, yeah. Yeah. An hour and eight minutes from my office in Provo to Kathy's house. (laughs) So we we just felt like. there was some urgency and I was also starting, you know, I have to relocate my whole business. And that was the time to decide on relocation. In other words, I was actually calling people saying, I'm moving to Ogden. I need to be in these different stores, you know, and I was making those decisions like that week. And so everything was kind of falling into place. And so we, we uh, went to the temple uh, that next day, and um, we'd already set up an appointment to meet with one of my friends, um, who, uh, who who's been a friend for many, many, many years, like since my twenties, and he's kind of been a mentor throughout my life. And he, he's actually a general authority, and so I just had set up an appointment to meet with him after we went to the temple, and um, we went to the temple, and then went to visit with him. And I kind of told him our story a little bit, you know, the short time, what, three days, you know, <laughs> and I said, I said, hey, do you think we're crazy to just get married and just elope tomorrow, you know, and or even today? And he's like, well, no, you're not. But I would include your kids. I would not elope without them. We were scared. And I was, <laughs> I was terrified to tell my kids. And I was like, what if we just got married? And then we just didn't tell anyone until the temple ceiling. And we'll just spend like, you know, when my kids are with their dad for a week, I can go to Asian and Orem. We'll just not tell anyone we're married. <laughs> Sneak around and he's and like married. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. Do not. So his his sons were working out in California and we called them up and told them and they were working six days a week. And we just we flew them in Saturday night. They got in at like eight at eight, eleven at night. I don't know. We back Yeah. So after we talked with Merle Bateman, he says, you're not crazy. Just make sure you let the kids know and include them in this whole process. Yeah. You know, because trust, build on that foundation of trust. And so basically uh, after Merrill had said, you know, this is not crazy. You've waited a long time. There's a beautiful woman here that wants to be with you, wants to marry you. And so after that, I went back to the Provo Temple on the lawn. He told me, <laughs> we didn't have a chance to walk around and look at the flowers and the temple grounds. Would you like to go back? And in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, go ahead and take me back there so you can propose is what I was thinking. <laughs> and she'd actually written me a letter earlier that day. She told me not to read it yet. Oh, I, you didn't even know until after you proposed. I stuck it in his scriptures. But it actually said um, at the bottom of the letter, I would enjoy being yours for time and all eternity. So I already said it in the letter. That was before I'd asked her. But when we got there, I was trying to figure out how to propose on the temple grounds, Provo City Center Temple. And I was really a little bit sad because I'm like, there's no one here to film this. This is just, you know, kind of spur of the moment here. And so as I knelt down to ask her, uh, and I did ask her and she said, yes, we noticed in the rotunda, there were a couple of girls jumping up and down and, and squealing. And so we went over there and wanted to ask them to take our picture. 
And then they were, they spoke Brazilian or Spanish or something. They were from Chile and Argentina and they were crying, like literally <laughs> crying and hugging us. And we're like, what is happening? And they had actually videoed me proposing to her. Yeah. And it was just so interesting because that was something that was important to both of us to have that video. And then they actually did that video for us. That's fun. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. You'll always have that. We got engaged on a safari in Africa. Oh, fun. Wow. And I was filming it because right. I was, I asked Jeff to repeat something he said about climbing steep a steep hill together but that there were good footholds and that's mm. kind of like getting remarried and blending a family it's a wow. steep hill it's a big climb but we've got good footholds when we are doing all our personal development work and we are spiritual and we're connected to god and we've got his help and his assistance you know the, all the good footholds fo anyway like I wanted him to repeat that because it seemed significant and then he asked me to marry him and I said yes and he said cool, cool. <laughs> it, was cool. On film. <laughs> it was one of the coolest <laughs> moments ever <laughs> one of my grandmothers actually wrote down she had a dream and she was at the bottom of a mountain a large huge very difficult climbing mountain and Later in her dream, she pointed out that that mountain was life, the mountain of life. And it is challenging and, and it's difficult. And um, we were talking before I ran after you a minute ago that we, uh, we had a, a wedding and we actually did invite the boys that we had all of our children there. Mm -hmm. And we, we had a simple wedding. The kids were there and it turned out really nice. It was a peaceful event. Yeah, we got up and we went to church, came back and we had Japanese food that I had made a bunch of Japanese food. And then we, the kids watched a movie and Boyd and I did dishes. Then I ran and got my hair done by some random person I didn't know. And we got some Costco flowers, you know, $30 of Costco flowers. And um, his daughter, Emmy, she's so sweet. She and my daughters, Lizzie, Samantha, Sydney, my older three, um, I left and said, I'm going to go get my hair done. And Boyd said, time to make a bouquet for your mom and a boutonniere and decorate the cake, Costco cake. And they're like, wait, what? We, we don't know how to do these things. And I had duck, not duct tape, uh, packing tape wrapped around the bouquet. And to me, it was, it was the most calm, relaxing, simple, simple. It felt so peaceful and just so easy. We just got married in our Bishop's backyard. He and his wonderful wife, they, my dear friend, Deanne. She made Jap or Chinese, uh, Indian, what was it called? Help. Mexican, Mexican. food. <laughs> I think I'm hungry. Um, she made an amazing Mexican meal and they set up, you know, a tent and lights. And they went way above what I was thinking. I just said, we just want you to just marry us and have our kids. And um, we just, we, I think we felt so excited just to start our lives together and we knew it was right. We knew it was an answer from God. It was a gift and a blessing. And we just wanted to begin our journey together. Like life is hard. Single life is really tough. It's lonely. And, and, um, and we didn't want to spend all this time planning some big celebration. We wanted a simple get married now plan some other celebration later. We wanted to be able to plan it together and not have the stress of, not having that daily support that you miss when you're married 
and you have that daily support. Like you said, Kathy's, you know, if, if, if Kathy wasn't feeling well and you tucked her son in, you know, I'm having health problems and Boyd is stepping up and helping my little ones. I have an eight and nine year old and he's, he's there and he's helping. And it's the day-to-day that weight that you bear as a single person with children is so hard. Yeah. I think it's hard when you're single, but then when you're single with children and you're, you're bearing that you're in school, you're working. We just wanted to alleviate that stress for each other now. And if actually, before we ever went on our first date, Boyd held my hand in a car outside of a dance. I was, so his mother passed in April and we think that she, she was always trying to set him up. We think she literally <laughs> just came in and set us up. Like literally. <laughs> I don't it was doubt la- it a bit. That's how moms are. It was the last day of school and all my kids were going to dad's for the weekend. And I was going to sit home alone all weekend, Labor Day weekend. And I thought, no, I'm not going to sit home and have a pity party. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do my hair and makeup. I'm going to go to a dance. And I had sworn off the more seasoned, older dances because I, I just kept showing up to the, the older ones. And I couldn't figure out where's the mid 31 plus. That's the ones. Where's the mid single? Like <laughs> I couldn't find them. So I shut up and I saw the same great, wonderful people going in. And I went, I'm not at the mid singles. I'm at the older one. So I turned my car on and I was going to leave. And then I get out of my car and I was like, okay, just, I think I've looked through Facebook trying to find, is there anything else happening? I think I messaged a few people on mutual. Is there any, anybody doing anything? I'm dressed up and I want to find I was in Salt Lake. I had driven, you know, 45 minutes and I did not want to drive home and sit home alone and watch another Hallmark movie. I'd done that for a couple of years. I was kind of over it. And so I say what I was doing. Yeah. I had gone to this dance and I was in a sling. And so I didn't want to do the prelude uh, warm-up dances where you learn learn how to dance. So I went into the chapel and laid down and took a nap for 20 minutes. I'm sleeping out cold. <laughs> so while he's taking a nap, I showed up a little bit later and I literally got out of my car and looked through the window and I was like, yep, it's the older dance. So I got back into my car, started a second time, turned it off again and would just walk in, just walk into the building, Kelly. So I walked into the building and they were taking $5 and I didn't want to give my $5 up if I was just going to leave the dance. So I said to the gentleman, could I just look in the gym real quick? I think I'm at the wrong dance. Can I just peek? And they were like, well, sure. And so I literally felt my body. I stepped into the gym and out and into the gym and out. I did that three times. And there was like a force that was pulling me in when I was like, I'm out, I'm leaving. I just, I want to leave. Now, Boyd is 14 years older than me. And when I first met him, I was like, okay, he's older. I didn't know if that was going to be a problem because I was afraid. Like often men die before their wives and he's already 14 years older. You find the love of your life. And what would happen if he went way before me, you know? And on our first time of meeting, he said he was vegan. And I was intrigued because I bought lots of vegan books and I kept trying to be vegan, but my ex-husband wasn't really interested in the vegan world. And I said, well, why are you vegan? And he said, well, my grandpa lived to be 102. And he said, I am going to live to be really old because I have a lot to do. And he said, I have missions. I have callings to fulfill. So I need a healthy, strong body to do this. So that to me kind of intrigued me. And I was thinking, okay, maybe the age difference isn't a big deal. 
And then I thought about President Nelson and the 26 year age difference between him and Wendy Watson, his new wife. I thought about Elder Oaks. I had heard he'd married someone, um, Kristen, I can't remember her last name, but they had married. And I think there's a 14 year, 15 year gap there. Yeah. And so um, anyhow, I, I went into the gym and I thought, okay, I'm just going to shoot straight for the food on the other side. You know, you walk across the gym and there's the open, the big open door that goes up, you know, for the food. And I just ran over there quickly, trying not to make eye contact with anyone because I didn't want anyone to ask me to dance. I didn't want to be there. And I asked some woman, I said, where are the dances that are? And she said, younger people like your age. And I said, yeah, well, basically, yes. She didn't want to dance with her grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so while she was, she goes, let me go ask someone. I I think there's a certain thing on Facebook. So she left to go ask. And I made up my mind. I am not going to stay. I'm leaving now. I'm not even going to wait for her to come and tell me. So I turned around. So I woke up out of the chapel and went right over to the food. Of course, that's what you do at the dance. You just go to the food first, you know, and I got a big plate and I walked out of the food area and I turned and I looked right by where you serve the food and Kelly just actually peeked around the corner yeah and I, I said hi <laughs> but I was in a sling and I had a beard, a beard and, and I so she couldn't recognize, recognize who I was <laughs> but there was something familiar like he's like hi and I turned and I said hi and and then I stared at him and I was like looking into his eyes and I was like Boyd it's you so we stood and talked for a while and he asked if I, I said, I'm just going to leave. I don't really want to be here. I'm going to leave. And he said, would you like to go get milkshakes? And in my head, I'm thinking you're vegan. You don't do milkshakes. <laughs> and I said, no, I said, I already went to the movie theater with my daughter and I had all this candy and sugar and I just, I don't feel like it. And so we kept talking and talking and talking and there was just this connection and I just felt safe with him. And, um, and so then he said, can I walk you to your car? And I said, yes. And we walked through the gym and he said, would you like to get a slow dance in before, you know, we go? And I said, yes. So we danced one and a half slow songs. And then we just couldn't stop talking at the car. So eventually I said, well, if you want to keep talking, you want to sit down. And he's like, well, can we sit in your car? So we talked until the dance was over. And at the end, two hours in the car, we, we we were watching marriage videos, you know, when like, comedians like marriage counselors become comedians and that have you heard of the nothing box how a, a man's brain there's like a nothing box and a woman's brain is <laughs> and so I showed him that video and he's just crying just laughing so hard he's just crying and we just talked and laughed and we talked about really hard things and at the and end is, is this um, attempt number seven this was the only no this is after I just turned him down for attempt number six Hmm. so i mean you could call it a day this led up to attempt number seven yes 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 (laughs) this is a prelude so we we just we talked for like a couple hours until after midnight and at the end he just my hand was kind of sitting on my my knee and he reached over and put his hand on it my hand and he said kelly he goes i want to serve you i want to help you and he goes i care about you and he goes i love you and i put my hand on his and said i love you too I said, thank you. Before and your first date. Yes. <laughs> it was like, he needed to have this like miracle visitation <laughs> where you were pulled into the dance when you didn't want to be there. I was. In order to just hang out with him. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I drove home all smiley and he got in the car with someone. You have to understand about my mom. My mom was the, she was single and going to dances with me when I was single because <laughs> my dad had died. And so then she got married and she's just trying to look out for me all the time. You know, she's like, here's a girl's number. Here's her picture. She'd text me. Hey, can I have this girl call you? You know, she'd give out the, my number to people. And she's just like really concerned that I'm you never, were waiting ever, around ever. for Kelly, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I double with my son a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, he actually asked me out in the beginning of April, a couple weeks right before his mom passed. And I, part of me is like, I wish I would have said yes, so I could have met your mom. And part of me is like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I had to do some more healing. I had to work on myself some more. I had to let some things go. And um, you had to put intentional courtship on your dresser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that actually had been there since November. So yeah. So the next morning I, I wake up and, and Boyd, I think he texted me or called. I don't, I think he called me. I don't remember if he texted or he called, but he said, Kelly, there's something here. And I think we owe it to ourselves to kind of spend some time together to see what that is. Can I come up today and can we go hiking? And I said, yes. Mm, and so first time. <laughs> I said, yes, finally, it was the seventh time. And I think we spent 11 hours together. Um, and we went hiking, we talked, we made vegan food, we cleaned up, we just sat and talked for hours. And then he said to me, I can play the violin by ear. I can play hymns on the violin. And he didn't know my daughter had a violin around the corner. And I looked at the clock. It was just past midnight. And I ran and got the violin. I said, okay, show me what you can do. And he pulled it out and he played Savior Redeemer of my soul. And it was dark, just a little lighting from one of the hall lights or something. And he's playing this on Sunday morning. And my heart just went, wow, I love I love that this man is sitting here playing me hymns on our first date. And it's one of my all-time favorite songs. And mine too. So then the next day he called me and said, Kelly, can you come down to Orem? And I went, anxiety, panic attack. Just, I have had anxiety through my life, major panic attacks. And I was told in a blessing that I would know who to marry by the burning of my bosom. Well, I'm like, okay, God, we got to talk here. What's the difference between a panic attack, anxiety attack with hot flashes and a burning in the bosom? Because <laughs> I've had a lot of, a lot of burning that were anxiety attacks. And that's where you guys come in. So I, this when you contacted Kathy? Yes, I was I in the shower. To, but I just really quickly want to comment on a few things. Is that Yes. Okay. okay, first of all, we love and we encourage people to have really simple very inexpensive ceremonies. And, and because we had the, a similar experience to you, I think it sounded like you spent less than a hundred dollars in a couple of days and we spent less than a thousand dollars in a month. And for us, you know, we splurged, I think on a lunch for our, our friends and family after the temple and we splurged on a photographer and that was, that was about it. it. Yeah. Um, everything else was he, he, people helped us out, you know, like you, you're just used somebody it, cooked wings it. for our reception, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So but we just, and, and, our, and we had it at our house, like, and that was not, kind, of, kind of a house, housewarming for us. But anyway, we just, we, we think that's awesome that you did it so simply and so cheap and so quickly. 
And um, anyway, just for those listeners out there, it does not have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be stressful. If I, if I can add one thing to that too. Um, I remember about the time we got engaged, Kathy's like, oh, we've got to plan a wedding in a month. And I said, well, a month isn't a lot of time uh, to do, you know, to do anything elaborate. Let's keep it simple. And, you know, my, I remember my first wedding. I was marrying someone who was 20 years old and she was very, had stars in her eyes, you know, about, about the Cinderella wedding. And it was so stressful all the way through that process, trying to make sure she got it the way she wanted it and never quite getting there. And, and I don't know, by the time we got married in our middle years, we just wanted to relax and enjoy our day and, and not worry about if all the decorations were exactly right or whatever. And it does make it so much better. That was, yeah. And it was a super great day. I think Boyd so peaceful. Something. We spent two hundred dollars on a wedding and five hundred on a photographer. Okay, so about like yeah. us. It so wasn't you, really five hundred on a photographer. That was more just like a donation for someone we loved that was struggling that needed help, and it was an afterthought later, just helping her. So it, it was like two hundred rings included. And then you like, got a free videographer for your engagement. Exactly. <laughs> it was a free. It was a gift, and then later we just, you know, we just, you know, so. But yeah. yes, because pictures can be like the most important thing because it helps you remember that day. And, and when you're so she, happy and you're not stressed. She just took thing. pictures with her phone. And you know what? I'm so happy with it. I'm just, it was, yeah, you had, there wasn't pictures. a thousand, there wasn't a thousand to look through and go, oh, I love them all. It was just a few. It was simple. It was with my close friends, with him, with our kids. It was so simple and easy. And I completely loved it. Good. It was yeah. wonderful. Good. We relate to that a lot because um, we feel the yes. same. Yes. And then the other thing I, well, a couple other things, just real quick. I, we have a similar age gap between us. It's 12 years mm -hmm. and Jeff likes to sing, follow the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just following the prophet. Cause there's a big age gap between them also. We are uh, too. <laughs> yeah, we're all just following the prophet and he does plan to live a long time too and so I, I've had Kelly's same concerns but you know you really never know when your time is anyway so you might you as know. well end up with the person who's right for you I mean Kathy attended my grandmother's funeral with me uh earlier this year and she was and, 102. I mean, I was 55 and people would say, you know, we talk about going and seeing our grandmother. People would say, you have a grandmother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she was almost 103 years old. And at wow. her 100th birthday party, she was dancing the floss dance. After <laughs> I love it. Her hip and, and having yeah. surgery and surviving it. Wow. <laughs> it was her well, thing. Kathy, Kathy, I want to comment on what you just said about following the prophet. <laughs> so following the prophet um, I told all my kids I was done dating. And after we went to that Maverick, the top of the Maverick movie, that was amazing. I was like, I can't wait. I have to take my kids now. And it was a Tuesday and I wanted the cheap thing. So the only, they were sold out. The only time I could take them was 1030 at night. So I'm driving to the Ogden Megaplex and I said, kids, you know how I'm not dating? They said, yeah. And I said, there's someone I want you to meet this week. I think you need to meet him. I've known him for a year and a half. And I told them, that he was a little bit older. I said, he's 14 years older. And I said, the prophet and his wife were 26 years apart. And my kid said, you are not the prophet mom. <laughs> and <laughs> don't make that comparison. <laughs> the prophet's second wife, um, 
I don't think Wendy, we're claiming to be them. No, no. But Wendy, I love what Wendy said. After she'd gone to a mountaintop, which is what I did when I was praying about marrying him, she went to a mountaintop to pray about marrying President or Nelson. Elder Nelson at the time. Yes. She said, I'm astonished, amazed, thrilled, excited every day to know that the Lord is as eager to give revelation to me as he is to give revelation to his prophet. And then she said, well, that applies to all of us. And to me, you know, the kids are like, they were a little bit scared. So I, I ended up telling the kids we got engaged Wednesday, the day after I told them I wanted them to meet someone, they had never even met him. And okay, you got to know a little background. I read every marriage book out there, not every, but a lot. Um, how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. They talk about stages and phases and having your kids meet them. And there's so much counsel out there on what the world says is the way you should go about getting married, engaged, and how you introduce your children and how you don't do it until you've known them three months. And spend a year, go I, on the holidays, I had, take a family trip. <laughs> I had a list, I had a timeline, I had time frames. I had, I wasn't gonna get engaged you had all to the anyone. Rules written down. I wasn't going to get engaged to anyone unless I had seen his credit report. I was going to know he was financially smart and sound. And, and all of that went out the window when I felt like God is literally our matchmaker. And that's also what Wendy Watson said. She said, the Lord was our matchmaker. And when you know the Lord is your matchmaker, I, I think about, um, history of marriage and about arranged marriages. Arranged marriages have a higher statistic for, for success. Success. I've heard that. They do. And it's been around a whole lot longer than this ever since the 18, the mid 18 uh, century, this idea of romanticism, Hollywood, you know, the, the, mo the movies, the books, the plays, and marriage is about two people committing to work together for survival, mm -hmm. to run the land, to work hard side by side. And with Boyd, that is why I feel so amazingly blessed because he is willing to work by my side through everything. And it's not this, we need this much money or we need this much, you know, a big fancy wedding or we need these cars or this type of house. There is a commitment level here that is right there where the Lord wants us to be committed to marriage, to family, to yeah, you've to a partnership. That you see this marriage as a stewardship and a calling, like a, a calling, like as in you, you were asked to do this and you said yes. Yeah, the, the scriptures do say what man is not without the woman in the Lord. Yeah. And and the communities, I mean, the proclamation of the family, when that came out. I was there when they first read it, when President Irene read it at the BYU Marriott Center, and I just was thrilled. You know, back then it wasn't a big deal what they said. Now it is a big deal. Um, but I'm so grateful for those things. And and it is a stewardship, and it's a commitment to our, our families, our children, and to community. And there's so much uh, resting upon marriages and being successful and setting a good example for our children. And, and there's just so much more than just marriage. Yeah. Well, and well, all those rules are, 
loose guidelines that don't account for the spirit if you're trying to follow them rigidly. And that's one thing that's really different about intentional courtship is that we talk about real life experience and revelation and doctrine and things that help people really figure out how to heal from loss and intentionally move on and create their, their best life and eventually a companionship that's healthy. Um, but it doesn't make it easy. You still have like the triggers from past traumas that you have to deal with and you have mm-hmm. to deal with it in a different way once you're married than when you were single because you wouldn't have someone there pushing your buttons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Kathy, I remember when I went to your house, I yeah, so let's, I, go well, let's, to, let's, yeah let's go yeah. back to when you so you're reached saying out this to is us. when we came in. I had we were... seen you the week before and I told you yeah. I have a list of what the person, my kids, most of them have blue eyes. I wanted him to have blue eyes. I had had a list of four things that I told you that were physical traits. Um, he has to be a certain height. He has to have blue eyes. Not has to. Okay, let me be clear on that. I had said a prayer a few weeks before this, and I said, Heavenly Father, this is what I would like. These are the reasons I would like it. But if I, the person that's going to be my eternal companion that will be committed, faithful, dedicated, gentle with me and my kids, loving, committed to the gospel, where I don't have to question. I can say 100%, I don't have to question Boyd ever leaving me. I might be scared and angry and triggered and try to push him away, which I've done a lot in the last four months. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I can say with 100% confidence, I don't have to worry about that. And I told the Lord, if, and then I met a guy on an airplane and he met all those things. And I was telling you about that. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden I text you and you're like, is this the guy from the airplane? And I'm like, no, it's not. And you're like, wait, what? So then I text you and I said, okay, I need a blessing. And I knew I could ask Boyd for a blessing and I knew he was worthy to give me one. And I knew he would give me a wonderful blessing, but I wanted to not feel like there was any of his conflict of interest. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And all of a sudden I've never just called people. I mean, I don't think I'd ever met Jeff. I'd never met Jeff before. I'd met you. You, what you, you drove when I was donating plasma to give me your book. For intentional courtship for a friend you're so sweet and wonderful and you're like I have a signed copy and you you drove to the plasma center to give it to me and then you met me at my house once and I hadn't met you other than that and I never met Jeff I think I talked with you both on the phone once but to say I had never called anyone and said I need a priesthood blessing can you give me one but I felt prompted to call and so I texted you and said would Jeff be able to give me a blessing I'm going to go meet a guy I need to be prayerful about whether I should date this guy or not, because I kept finding myself in the same kind of pattern dating. And, and go and, to go back, you were saying you weren't sure the difference between anxiety or a panic attack and the yes, yes, yeah. And so that I was oh I was panicked that morning Sunday morning I was panicked I was so afraid to go see him I was scared and I was stressed and I there was someone very dear to me that I love that. I think had spiritual experiences to marry someone and then she got scared and didn't. And I think she regrets that. And I talked to a sister and said, there's this guy, can you pray that I'll have a revelation whether I should you know, date him or not? I said, he's a bit older. And she said, how old? I said, 14 years. She goes, oh, move on. That's too old. And I stopped her and I said, no, I feel like I would be making a mistake and pushing away the very thing that I've been praying for the exact thing I have been praying for and asking for a miracle. God is putting it in my lap right now. I really think that, but because of age, because of other things, 
I didn't want to trip myself out and scare myself and push myself out of what God was giving me because of my triggers and my fears and my stinking little list <laughs> and what all the other marriage counselors. I mean, if you tried to follow all the parenting or marriage advice from everyone out there, there's no way to do it because there's so much contradicting stuff. That is like what you said, Kathy, you have to have the spirit there. So that's when I messaged you and on my way down to see Boyd, I stopped and I had a priesthood blessing from Jeff. Thank you. And Kathy and Jeff talked with me and they listened. And Jeff, I love what you shared. The scripture was it first Timothy For, or second uh, first, Timothy? Yeah. First Timothy one, seven, one, seven. Yep. What is that? For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Yes. And I thought, okay, fear comes not from the savior, but the adversary. And then Kathy, the favorite thing that you said to me, you said a lot of great things and I wish I had recorded or written it all down. But Kathy, before I got the blessing, she said, Kelly, he's your senior companion. Not like senior citizen, like you get all the discounts and <laughs> Medicare. <laughs> he does Medicare, by the way. Um, and he's like, I can't wait to be 65 and get on Medicare. But you're like, like on a mission. And I served a mission in Japan. And you said, he's like your senior companion. And I. Because you'd mentioned his spiritual strength. In every way, he is absolutely my senior companion. He has patience and grace and ease and forgiveness. And I am just like a basket case. And this dear sweet man, <laughs> he is in every way my, in Japan, in Japanese, they say senpai. He's my senpai. He's my senior companion. And everyone meets us and they go, oh boy, you lucked out. Oh boy, there's your better half. And they don't, they don't, they don't even understand. He is the better half in every way. It doesn't matter that I'm younger. He just has 14 more years of wisdom and calm and chill. My kids like him better than me. <laughs> that was one of my biggest fears. I'm like, they're going to like dad best, stepmom and stepdad next. And I'm going to be the bottom You know, the though, he loves you, they'll come back to liking you too. <laughs> I I, that's my hope, Kathy. Because <laughs> like, my, my, my oldest did the same thing. And I think he likes me now again. <laughs> Oh, good. I thank you for giving like, me that. Yeah, there was a while like, he liked me and not her. I'm like, if this doesn't work out, my kids are going to be like, where's Boyd? Well, we want him back, mom. We could, you know, I know the kids love us, but there's, there's a lot of healing and repair to do when you've been through a divorce, when you've been in a lot of trauma for years, you're working, you're going to school, you're trying to take care of the kids. There's a lot that gets left undone. There's a lot of poor choices a lot of anger and stress that the kids have seen as i've gone through this process and boyd has just come in like the calm after the storm and he's just felt like he's stabilized our home right and then you went and had that conversation i remember following up with you the next day i said how'd it go and you, you, she's like it was such a terrible mess i don't remember exactly what you said you i said like, i was so overwhelmed we talked about i mean when you talk about every hard heavy thing you can bring up in a relationship about we basically hit it all. Yeah. I mean, and you didn't elaborate. I just remember thinking, Oh, I'm kind of surprised. Like it didn't go better. <laughs> it was, we, we pulled all the skeletons out of the closet all the skeletons and came talked out, about and each was, one of them. It was overwhelming, but it was amazing because I think if anyone else had brought up what we had brought up, if it wasn't the Lord, if we didn't have the confidence hundred percent that the Lord is truly being our matchmaker, that he was answering our prayers a miracle was taking place. So that Monday morning, you messaged me, Kathy. Boyd had messaged me and said, do you want to go hiking? I said, yes, no. 
And then I went, I called him and then I was panicking and he's like, what's going on? Are you okay? I said, I am freaking out. I am terrified. And he said, Kelly, if this doesn't work out, it's okay. I won't be upset. I was like, I don't want to hurt you. That's I don't want to hurt me. Wanna, wants to hear, right? It was just, he was never pushy and forceful. He was mm. persistent in the most respectful standoff back, like back kind of, kind of just, he would just be there. In he fact, was in clear April, about what he wanted, but he was very intentional. He was pushy. I mean, he told me before we ever went on a date, he told me before all the dances, he said, Kelly, you know, what, what's your age? And I said, my age. And he goes, okay, my limit's 15 years. I won't date a girl younger than, you know, 15 years with the age gap. He said 14 years. So you meet that. He was very, very, very intentional about letting me know his intention was to date for marriage. I love when Jeff brought up that he, he wrote you a letter mm -hmm. saying, I, I want to date for marriage. Right. And I felt that 100% from him. And that and, was his third attempt with me, not for a date or to spend time with me, but like to pursue a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So three times the charm for us. Yeah. <laughs> Seven times the charm for a boy. <laughs> I was always telling the single people, my friends, we're in a state of preparation, meaning that we're preparing for marriage. I mean, what's the point of our life? on this earth. It's to find us a companion. It's not a weekend fling. It's not, Hey, who can I, you know, it, it, and it's eternal marriage. We're looking can for you someone walk together with forever. Right. And Boyd was a friend to me. He recently just told one of his sons, be a friend, focus on being a friend. You know, in the dating world, it can be scary, overwhelming, focus on being a friend. And Boyd, I went through and looked at his text messages. I delete all mine. He kept all of his, he had messages from last year, September, and I text him and I said, Boyd, I have questions about this guy. It wasn't a guy I wanted to date. It was just a guy I had an issue with on, on Facebook and I was irritated with. And I was trying not to judge him, but I, I kind of wanted to, uh, I didn't get into the details, but he said to me, I, what I said to him, the message I said to him was, you're one of the only guys I have met that I feel safe with and that I trust. And so to go back after we were married and to read that on his text message on his phone, that I was telling him I felt safe and I trusted him before, I mean, nine months before we ever went on a date. He was always a good friend. He was always respectful. Here's another thing I wanted to bring up. I don't know if it's okay with you or not, but um, <laughs> I have seen so much talk and conversation on the Facebook, the LDS Facebook pages about for the youth, for the strength of youth. It's not for adults, it's for the youth. We've been married. So we can experiment with whatever we want. As long as we don't do the actual act of procreating, we can basically do anything and everything. And I've just kind of been shocked and saddened and blown away by this. Boyd is one of the only, one of the very few. There was a couple of guys before my mission that I dated that was so respectful. His boundaries are this high. I, I never had to be worried or concerned that we'd push the limits in fact, on our wedding day, I was like, I don't know if I can even <laughs> do anything because I was like, there was never makeouts. There was never any any anything inappropriate. His standards were so high. I felt so safe and secure. I felt like a lot of the guys I dated wanted me to say, okay, you set your standard and I'll just do whatever you want. And to me, that was- I remember that too and thinking- Frustrating. Okay, senior companion would have his own set of standards. Yeah. And I just, 
I was just blown away. And I've told the sons and I've told my kids, keep your standards high, respect each other. To me, going and getting married felt so wonderful because I didn't feel like there was any regrets or any frustration when it came to that part of dating, which is a challenging part after marriage, having that part of your life be taken away. And it just well, felt, I think we've all made mistakes in life and things done things. Maybe we're not, we're not proud of. And I think the key is, is when we get to these points in life and we've learned some things and we realize, you know what, if you're inappropriate in your relationships, it's not going to lead to marriage. In fact, it's going to destroy the relationship. You end up hating each other and, and you end up not getting married at you, all. You don't have the blessing of the Holy Ghost or the Spirit to direct and guide. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be so intentional. That I mean, that book, you guys, really, the word intentional courtship, literally sitting on my my nightstand for six months. I wanted to be very intentional. I was like, God, I'm gonna mess up my life. I need you to take over the reins, take over the will. I'm going to step back. I really need, it wasn't just me anymore. I had six kids to think about. Mm. I came from so a you mom. Need divine revelation. I had a stepfather who wasn't, who caused a lot of hurt in our family. And I could not do that to my kids. I needed to know that I wasn't messing up my path. I had to totally step back and say, God. And in fact, you prayed about it. What, what did you pray right before we, about marriage and I, I actually did. I thanks for bringing that up. I I had my prayer was I said I said Heavenly Father. I I've been single or divorced eight years. I I've dated, and I've dated and I've dated. And I said I don't know. I need you to help me figure this out. And and I finally just said, it is in your hands because I'm not get figuring this out on my own. And you need to help me know who to marry. And Andy that's, said, that was my prayer. Andy had said to me, there is a lot in my patriarchal blessing that I have to do. I have, I have callings. I have a stewardship. I have callings. I have a mission. And he says, I, some of these things I can't do without a spouse, without a help me, without a partner. And that to me hit my heart. And I went, okay, his intentions are in the right place. And, um, what was it? Um, I was just thinking, oh, I listened to something I posted on my Facebook page recently. I can't remember who it was. I was going to write it down a quoter, but she said, is God your soulmate or are you looking for a human being to be your soulmate? And I think it hit me. I love what she said. I think Boyd and I both made God be our, our soulmate so that he can make us be our helpmate. And if we have God be our soulmate and stop trying to look for the one, because I do believe there are lots of men I could have married and been wonderful with, but God knows the intention of each person's heart, each man and woman, he can put you with someone that's going to help you. And I felt the same way about my patriarchal blessing. Um, we both, what was, what was interesting is we, he read my blessing the day we got engaged and I read his after we got married. And I'm so glad we did because it felt to me like I was trusting the Lord completely, but our blessings so align with our missions and our calls in life. Like when I heard Jeff and Kathy, I watched you, I listened to you the other day and you were talking about your first wife and, and how you felt like you and Kathy just, you make a, just a better pair 
to, to really help each other fulfill your, you know, I can't remember your words, but basically to fill our, our missions in life, the stewardships we've been given, we feel like this is a better partnership and union to do that. Well, and if you can be as intentional in how you conduct your marriage as you were and how you decided who to marry, um, I think you're going to be in good shape because there's all kinds of things, particularly with us that have been divorced and had relationship trauma in the past. We have all kinds of triggers and buttons that can be pushed. And if we just sort of respond, however, our gut tells us, it's going to be a it's going to be a show, um, but uh, you if we are intentional up. about how we respond, you know, we can we can respond in a way that's not going to be uh, destructive. And sometimes yeah. that just means calling a timeout. You know, if you're just too worked up. I do like what Stephen Covey said. He's I think it was him. Act, don't react. Yes, and, and do it intentionally. Well, and I, I think that for me, I have a very fast mind. I had a counselor tell me once, Kelly, your mind is very fast. That could be a blessing and a curse when it's negative and you're going down. So we were supposed to, we were supposed to speak in church and I was like, cancel, we're not speaking. I don't know if we can stay married. And then we were supposed to do this interview and I call, I text Kathy, cancel, we can't do this. I don't know if this is going to work. And Kathy sent me the right thing to listen to. Oh, guys, listen to her podcast. They're amazing. Boyd and I listened that day together. We listened to another one the next day about the one word, the power of one word. And what you said, Jeff, be intentional. If you're as intentional about your marriage as you were about dating, who to marry? My heart feels broken because we've had some kids really struggle. Younger kids, adult kids, teen kids, they're all at different ages and stages. And it's hit all of them very differently. Mm-hmm. And How many kids do you each have? Just to clarify. I have six. I have three. And his are older than mine. They go right, Sorry, right. You have six and Boyd has how many? Three. 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 Okay. Yeah. okay. My no, oldest is 18 or 17 and his oldest goes from 18 to 24. Four. Wonderful, amazing kids. They're all amazing. All nine of them are amazing, amazing. But they're all different stages and phases. And I've had to question and wonder, was this the right thing? If our kids are hurting, some of them are hurting so bad. Some of them are thrilled. Some of them I think are indifferent. Some of them are like, whatever we're grown and others are really hurting. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've wondered like, how, how do you, how do you blend two families? How do you, the new, the new term is crock pot rather than trying to force it blending with a hard, cold, sharp object, you put it in a crock pot and you let time the the carrots and the potatoes and the onions and the meat. Yeah. All of we those things. I mean, think about it. It takes a long time to cook. Mm-hmm. The carrots are going to be always harder than the onions. Teens might take it harder than my eight and nine year olds who are just, they adore him. They just love him. And so rather than trying to force it together with a cold, sharp object instantly and have it be a smoothie where everything is one and it's not its own unique individual, a crock pot at the end, they're softened to their own softness and it takes warmth and it takes time. Yeah. And I and think what I do get crock pots require warmth, oh, pressure, patience, patience, warmth and time. I want to hit the blender and I want us to, Oh, we're happy family. <laughs> and that's not how everyone can handle it. The and blender is how your brain works. And this is why you want it to work that way. <laughs> it's so hard. And he's just so calm. And he said to me the other day, honey, if you put your brain inside mine, I would explode. I would just, 
<laughs> a nuclear explosion. And one, one funny thing I have to say, we were on a family trip, our first family trip with nine kids to California. And he said, I said, sweetie, if you knew everything you know now, would you still have asked me to marry? And he goes, those are questions we don't ask or answer. <laughs> and I, after hanging out with me and going on a trip with me, because a lot of people, I've had people say, you don't get married until you've been through all four seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter. You don't get married until you've been on two road trips together. And, and I, so I said to him, would you still have asked me to marry you right now? Knowing what you know about me now, he said, oh, we don't, we don't answer questions like that. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, you're such a wise man. You're so wise. So don't he, confirm or deny. <laughs> he's good about keeping his mouth closed. And I am like, I got to solve it. I got to fix it now, 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 now. And I'm, I told him, honey, you just keep being calm. And in five or 10 years, I'm going to catch up to you. So just be You're patient with me. I'm going to be more seasoned and a senior companion at some point. On my mission, they, I got in a fight with a Korean sister. Jung Shimai and I were fighting and she said, you're the senior. I said, no, you're the senior. She said, you're the senior. You're the senior. We called our district leaders, our zone leaders fighting and arguing. They said, stop it, sisters. You're both seniors. I said, no, I can't be a senior companion. <laughs> I was terrified. I was terrified for the weight and the pressure. So I'm, I'm glad he's willing to take that role. Yeah. Well, and I believe it was the serenity prayer that I referred you to and that you listened yeah. to and felt calmed by. And, you know, we're gonna, all going to have hard days. But I know mm -hmm. when you came to yourself and you were feeling better, Kelly, you said, I know I married the right person in the right place at the right time. And when you know that, you can always go back to that when things are hard, when you have a bad day or when your kids are struggling and you wonder if you made the right choice, you know you did. Mm -hmm. and, and I know that we're probably running short on time here, but um, I like what Bednar brought out too with the triangle um in marriage if we both have put god first that's so important to both of us we want to serve missions together we want to serve the lord we want our children to be brought up together in the gospel but if god is at the point of your marriage and you two are at the bottom of the triangle as you as we both get closer to the lord we become closer to each other as well mm -hmm. and so that is so key and i even draw circles around that triangle and I add the children to it, you know? Yeah. And as you have that triangle that keeps getting closer together, that's how we can become one too. One with God, one with each other. And that to me is so important. Sometimes we get lost in the physical oneness or the um, intelligence oneness. Or, But see, if, if we focus on the spiritual parts of being one and make that more important than all the others, the other ones fall into place because really actually physical intimacy, it's what, 10% of a marriage? It's kind of a small number. Intellectual, that's another 25%, I don't know. But as we dial into what's most important, then we actually have a good, solid marriage mm -hmm. where we're one. And I think that's more important. Than and that dialing in on every level, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of those things, I think is what gives us the footholds to go towards God and each other. Yeah. I like to say that I can love Kathy more by loving God most. Yeah. And I think it's true. I can love Kathy more by putting God first than I can by putting her first. And that's what Boyd says to me over and over. He says, Kelly, I pray for God to show me 
how he sees you now and how he sees that you can can become and he also says kelly because i mean i have cried honestly i i said just go just go just go just i i feel so bad that i can't that i can't be up to here right now my physical health i'm having lots of problems and he said kelly he said i would rather be here in your home serving you and your children these are god's children your God's children, you know, my time on earth is to be used as God sees fit and serving you and your children, my children, our children, that is how God wants me. And he's like, don't, he's like, I am so happy. He's like, I could be watching, you know, season after season, episode after episode of who knows what sitting at home alone. And he's like, I would rather be right here with you serving you. And that that's been hard for me to, to feel like I have to accept but then I think, okay, God gave me a gift. Are you willing to accept? Yeah. And so I'm grateful that he is, that he serves me and that he, he prays to see me as the Lord does. Cause some days I'm not the prettiest, nicest person. <laughs> one, one thing that Kelly's Bishop has told me, and he's also said things to me as well, but he said that Kelly has a good heart. She does. And that's so too. helped me a lot because as we look to what the Lord sees, and I do pray for that, I ask the Lord to help me to see Kelly as he sees her. And as we read patriarchal blessings, and as we think about these things, we can see past the moments that are, that are hard and realize it's okay. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a good day. And in conference, they've told us life is a test. And if it's not a test, then what is it? We're here to be tested. We're here to grow. And by being tested, we grow stronger. And I'm grateful for tests. And I'm grateful to go through life with Kelly and her children and my children and to work together. I mean, single life is really kind of pathetic. <laughs> it's a selfish way to live. It's, I mean, Jeff, you've been there before. You probably had an extended period of time. And so what I'm saying is it's just nice to be able to serve and love and put your life to good, to good use and not just waste it away. And we can serve people when we're single and we can do a lot with that time. And some people are called to that for a time or for a long time even. Mm -hmm. Um and I think we're all in different places in that way. But when we have that calling to be in, an, in, mar in a marriage, and I think we all have that calling to us, uh, you know, to so one degree or another, like throughout our lives, if we're not married, like we have that, that feeling that we want that, I think most of us usually, um, it, then we, we end up with a different set of learning experiences, I think, in marriage. And something I wanted to point out is that when you remarry after um, divorce or widowhood and you've been married before and you have children and you have a life and a career and all of that stuff, it is so different than when you're young and you just get hitched to the, the person you think that you can move forward with. And then, you know, and then, and you establish your family over time, you are actually newlyweds with an already established family. And somebody mentioned that to me recently. I'm like, and that I guess is the question is how do you be newlyweds 
and figure yourselves out and your, your relationship out while you're also trying to be parents and step parents. And it's just, a, it's a lot. And I think I'd be surprised, honestly, if any of our Lily couples who've recently gotten married weren't having challenges in that area, because we're going to get triggered and pushed our, you know, our buttons will get pushed in different ways than when we were single, when we all of a sudden we're living on top of each other and we don't have like our space the same way as we knew it before. Um, so totally normal. Um, and, you know, our first couple years were pretty rough. Um, I was also had the health problems and it was hard for me because I was used to being super mom, ma mom and stepping up like and having to do it all. And, you know, I think it's almost like when your body knows it can, it breaks down. If it, if that's, that's what I felt like finally, my body just fell apart and the Lord said, okay, here's, here's Boyd, let him help and serve you. And yeah, I just felt like, okay. And, and he's amazing to say, Kelly, your job as a mother is more important than any other work. And, you know, if you need to stop school for a while, if you need to do this, if you need to do that and, and just saying your mental health is so important and all the other stuff will come later. It's fine, but there's a time and a season. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. And one last thing, I, I won't say anything else because I know we're out of time, but I love what he says to me all the time. The Lord accepts trying. And so do I, I'm like, I'm trying my best, but I feel like I am falling on my face everywhere, trying to have relationships and trying to mend relationships that have been hurt and broken. And he just says, the Lord accepts trying. And he also says, we need to expect miracles. I'm expecting a miracle. And I'm grateful for his, just his outlook on things. So yeah. Kelly, can I ask you one, one more thing, kind of along those lines, what got you past that fear barrier that you referred to earlier? Like what was the biggest factor? Um, I think, I think watching someone I love very, very much pray for something in their life, have it show up on the doorstep and then be too afraid to accept it mm. has sat with me for a couple decades. And I, I had to tell myself, Kelly, if you pray for something and then you receive it, are you going to be too afraid to accept it? And, you know, I think of the savior with the door shut, he's on the other side. He's, we have to open it. We have to be willing to open our hearts. You two, your example, hearing your story knowing that things don't always work out immediately. Like I had watched a few months prior to reconnecting with Boyd about you, Jeff saying that break up nice. I can't remember how you said it, but basically break up nice. And thinking like knowing that you guys had had your third, first kiss. Cause you had dated in the knot, dated and not dated. In the knot. <laughs> knowing those stories, having you guys be open and honest and forthcoming and trying to help people having the book intentional, just sitting there. I wanted to be very intentional about my second marriage. Nobody grows up and wants to get married and go, Oh, I'm divorced. I came from divorce. I did not want my kids to ever experience divorce. I begged and pleaded with my ex. Please don't put our kids through this. You don't know what this is like. Your parents aren't divorced. Your grandparents are so many people in my family are, and I did not want that for my kids, but accepting that, accepting that the Lord could make something 
the other thing that you guys did that what was it we talked about the olive how uh, they cut away the olive branch and grafted in new i had just listened to that i just told the man on the airplane about that this man i met on an airplane great nice guy i believe it was uh i think the video we did on could divorce be god's path for you yes yeah. So accepting that was really, really hard for me because in my mind, Kelly's mind, Kelly's plan, she was going to grow up, go on a mission, get married to the temple, return missionary, blah, 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 on and on. I was going to have the perfect life. So accepting that I couldn't, accepting that that's part of the plan, accepting that I could be grafted into another family. I think every single one of those things was instrumental in changing, shifting paradigms and accepting new things. And there were some red flags focus on the green flags look for the green flags and if there are red flags address them for what they are and know that red flags don't mean the person's not the right person you know process them and accepting just i, think I don't know also, if i answered your question but everybody's going to have red flags and yes. when you you know the red flags you can deal with in a person then you mm -hmm. know that's your person yeah also, I think if in the singles, I've brought this up before too. Sometimes we think plan A is our plan when actually plan B is God's plan. Mm. And so we need to be okay with B, which is God's plan. You know, we thought it was A, but it's well, okay. And we to actually have B. think plan B is plan A. We just yes. thought that plan <laughs> the other plan was plan A. That's all it was. And and also Kelly brought up a good thing. I was trying to bring this up earlier, but God did give us a gift of each other. Yeah. And it's our job not to reject that gift because it's a really good gift. And in some ways, when we're afraid, we start rejecting the gift God has given us mm -hmm. and we don't accept it anymore. We're, we're pushing it away, pushing it away. And so that's the key is to, to realize it is a gift and it is from God and to accept it and not reject it and love it and grow it, protect it all those things. Oh, yeah. You know, this is why we're calling this episode Love Beyond Fear. And I, I love how you have done that with each other. And I, I think you guys are, are going to make it. And I, I do think you're going to get through all the hard stuff. You know, and you know, there will be those days, there will be those hard climbs, where you'll be sweating and panting and, <laughs> and it's kind of sick of the climb, but you've got good footholds. And um, it, it does get easier. I mean, it has been for us. It's for sure. just, it takes a, a minute to like meld <laughs> families. And, <laughs> and, you know, I think that if you can accept that divorce was part of your life plan, that it was your plan A, even though it wasn't your original thought for your plan A, um, that, and that you preparing for each other was plan A, that makes your marriage so rich. I mean, like we're, that's how we feel about our marriages. We were just being prepared for this mm -hmm. at, through I all agree. of that. And if you, if you know that, then you can also say, well, then that means that was part of my kids plan A too. Yeah. And I know that's not what you wanted or what you uh, wished for or anticipated even, but we're all down here on earth to learn. And part of our journey is to experience some challenges. And that's just, that ends up being like divinely appointed challenge for everyone involved. Right. And so mm -hmm. I, and I do think it applies there and it, um, it can give you some comfort if there's challenge and 
heartache and frustration for a time. Um, let, let me say one thing too. Let me say one thing about blending families because th that's been a, a theme we've talked about a little bit in this episode. I think I, I would caution our audience not to think if there's, you know, a certain amount of tension or issues that that means your marriage was wrong or that your prospective marriage is wrong. Um, you've got two, you, you're both coming from different family cultures that you had built. And when you meld them, there's bound to be some hiccups and some issues. But when I think about how I tried to raise my kids, I know my generation was kind of a generation of helicopter parents, you know, that you can't play with kids without a play date and you can't play outside by yourself. And, and I don't know that we've always done our kids a service by protecting them so much. I think it's good for kids to go out and play with other kids from other families, to lose dad's hammer building a tree house and try to have to figure out how to replace it before he finds out. You know, I mean, I think it teaches kids a lot of stuff about how to cooperate, how to play well together, how to settle things between themselves. And you know what? How to, how to resolve conflicts. Right. And in blending families, you're giving kids the opportunity to learn how to be flexible and adjust and, and learn to deal with stuff. Now, I do believe we need to ease into it somewhat carefully. Like, like the crock pot. At first, I didn't do much of the discipline or parenting. Once in a while, if the kids were being sassy to her, I would step in and say, please don't talk to your mom. Oh, like which that. was so nice. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I left most of the heavy lifting on the discipline to her for a while. Now, four years down the line, I can do a lot more parenting than I could at the beginning because they, the kids love me and they trust me now. And, you know, we're a family. Um, but, uh, you know, the fact that things may be difficult adjusting in the beginning, I, I mentioned, I think off mic that her youngest son, you know, I would put him to bed a lot of nights when we were first married. Oh, this was on mic. We talked about it already. Oh, was it? Okay. So yeah. she was, yeah, and it was because she was sick, but he didn't fully understand that. You know, he thought, well, I'm just trying to replace his mom. And, oh, I want mom to tuck me in. Well, mom can hardly get out of bed, you know. <laughs> and uh, he couldn't fully process or understand that at the time. But he has, I think the great thing about kids is over time, they'll see who they can trust, who they can count on, who's going to be there for them. And, and I think I, well, this is where I wanted to mention this title of this um, interview being love beyond fear is that as you love your kids fiercely and they know it, that no matter what happens, like in your interactions and in your relationship with them, eventually, like they, they eventually come around when they know they're loved and when you, they know you love each other and more than you fear the new situation and then they begin to trust it too. Mm -hmm. so that love beyond fear I think like the whole essence of your courtship as fast as it was it was there was depth there and that depth I think really lends itself well to what you were wanting to create together as a couple and as a family and all those long conversations before they even started dating I think that is a big foundation mm -hmm. stone you know yeah so um in combination with this uh this conversation, we're going to be combining it with our Lily letter. We uh, send that out weekly on Tuesdays to our subscribers. 
And the title of that letter is Giving Your Heart a Chance. And the title of our video that's going to be associated with this interview is on LilyTube um, is, Is Anxiety Stealing Your Joy? And sometimes anxiety can steal our joy when we're feeling triggered, and that will happen with um, remarriage and blending families. But when we know that, then we can take that anxiety and we can kick it in the face with some good exercise or listening to an uplifting podcast or <laughs> giving yeah. priesthood blessing or even just taking a minute to calm down and do take some deep breaths. Because when we can get rid of the anxiety, we can get our joy back and we can give our hearts and our love a chance. Can I say one thing that's been helpful too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Prayer and scriptures have been very important. Kelly's been good about doing that with the children, but we have really focused on trying to pray together every day. Mm -hmm. Kelly's been really um, focused on keeping us at the temple weekly. That's awesome. And, you know, just saying we love each other to each other and uh, being there for each other, even though sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're having a bad day, but sometimes we're having a really good day. I think it's important to recognize the good days too, because sometimes we only see the bad day. And so I think it's real important to recognize, pat yourself on the back and give oh, yourself yeah. permission to do that. Throw a party every day. It's a good day. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being guests. We really appreciate you being here. Appreciate your faith. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's been an inspiring thing to listen to. Absolutely. Yes. And to our audience, we will say, any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for watching and listening. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com. <laughs>